0: This is Revolting, with Stevelin and Robot, on the Cycling Independent, episode 94, The Greatest Shows on Earth.
1: Uh, we got some shout-outs before we get to anything, so we're probably not going to say anything terribly offensive in the next... Oh, there's a bad word in there. Uh, shout-outs to Mark Rossi, AJ Tendrick, Tendick, Matt Long... Oliver Becker's Brad religion and Eric Borling. Uh, they've listened to every episode because they're total fucking lunatics and, uh, Raymond Alvarez and Dan Eller. We'd like to thank for their kind contributions to the TCI tip jar that keeps us in coffee and or cheap yellow beer. So we got a listener question. Oh, wait. No, no, no. This
0: is a question for listeners, but let's do the content warning. I should have written this completely differently. I can see that now.
1: Uh, well, okay. Uh, bad language, adult situations, drug references, immature, psycho babble, burping, and farting. This podcast is like everything bagel. You might find yourself chewing on something you don't particularly like, but you can't say you weren't warned. So, That's oh, right. question for listeners.
0: Yes, question for listeners. So, <clears throat> I've been listening to other podcasts uh, just as a as a um i don't know uh to a, a way to get more professional about it, and um one of the things that um podcasts seem to do is they put out one of my favorite podcasts they put out a question to listeners, and then that shit tends to go all kind of sideways. but after we asked who had listened, first of all, we shouted those people out almost everyone who said, uh, put their hand up and said, I listened to every episode also said super nice things. So, uh, I mean, you and I are just a couple of middle-aged Sh- straight white chucklehead schmoes, schmoes, uh, jibber and jabber into each other. And if we are amusing you or helping you in any way, it's not our fault. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: I, I got some direct messages from people, but I didn't include them on the list, uh, as well. Who, who said that they'd listen to, uh, they'd listen to every episode. And I, you know, if I was more on the ball, I'm not even near the ball. The ball is not even in the same time zone, but I would have included them, uh, they know who they are, and thank you. I appreciate. I really appreciate <laughs> it. I mean, it's really uh, encouraging, you know, and it helped. Kind of inspires me to. Um, kind of inspires me to try to do a better job, and to be more engaged. Uh, right. So
0: I've been trying to do a better job by listening to people who are professional podcasters. I mean, I guess we are professional. Podcasters.
1: I guess so. I mean, yeah, we're making. sort of a living doing this, so I guess that that qualifies.
0: Yeah, so, uh, and one of the things that they do is they put out a question to the listeners, and they get amusing responses. Um, As some of you may be aware, I uh, left my oldest child at college uh, this past weekend, which involved some blubbering. Between the dog dying and taking my kid to school, I haven't blubbered. I mean, Fucking blubbered. I mean, like, out of control, uh, chest heaving, like, snot bubble, snot bubble uh, producing, blubbering so much in years. Um, And immediately after I left him, I was like, I want to just send him things so that he doesn't forget that I love him. And I had some ideas... But then I thought, well, maybe the revolting listeners would have some good ideas about what I could send my son in a care package.
1: There's a lot of people. It's been really interesting sort of uh, chronology. Um, I think my 20th... Well, no. Okay. So I've just watched this this sort of occurrences. Like, there was one point in my life where I got a lot of wedding invitations. And then, I guess, I was at my 20th reunion, and a lot of people... Uh, had children, uh, and then I was at my 30th reunion and everyone was separated and or divorced. And now everybody's had like, all these kids are going to college. Like uh, my friend Susie and Gil, their kid, they just dropped him off at college. And, um, so I had like my first, first Friday the other night. And, uh, cause I think I've mentioned, uh, I got a little workspace downtown here, like a offsite studio. And it's the first one I've had in probably three decades. And so my folks came through and then Susie and Gil, there were some people there. Um, and Susie and Gil just dropped their kid off of college. And they were talking about, they were talking about, the uh, uh, sort of the shifting of the family dynamic. And my mom was chiming in and saying, it was really wild when we dropped Steve's sister off for school because then it was just three of us, you know, and then she would come back periodically. And then before again, and it was like, it was, you know, one was becoming an adult and I was already like, I had a ton of freedom cause I was a baby and I was a boy and they, you know, made all the mistakes with my sister and then just said, fuck it and let me do whatever I wanted <laughs> to do. Um, But I remember them very happily sending me on my way. Like, I don't remember them being sad. (laughs) They say they were, but I don't think that's, I don't think that's accurate. For years, they said, as soon as you graduate, uh, you were going to open your windows and throw all your shit in a dumpster. Like, that was sort (laughs) of the running joke. So I was like, I was ready to go even before I was I was legally able, you know, and I thought that they felt the same way, but apparently they were sad. So it was just, it's been interesting to see all of these, like now, uh, and a lot of friends are dying also, (laughs) 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 I guess we're the age where, you know, you send your kids to college and, uh, and not or die.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's a real mixed bag these days. It's Mm -hmm. a real mixed bag. It's like caring for elderly parents.
1: Oh, yeah, there's uh, that, too.
0: Sending kids off to start their lives. um, Reorienting your relationship, if you got one. uh, Because, like you say, I still have a a kid at home, but, you know, like things... Like, we see the writing on the wall. We're going to be alone soon. We got to, like, get square with each other. Not that we're not, but you know you gotta like I don't know tighten things up a little bit relationshipally. That's not a word
1: uh I think that w- would make sense um because you've you've had this job these this job as co stewards, and then when it's just you guys, it's like, well, now what room do we fuck in? you know like <laughs> that's all you gotta worry about.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's the main that's the main thing.
1: That's right. Um, so that's my relationship advice. I'll tell you what you send your kid is a care package, is send him like um, you know, noon tablets, is that how you pronounce that? Little hydration yep, yep, tablets. Yep. Um yep. uh maybe uh maybe a a water, like a water thermos, you know, something so yep, reminding yep. him to
0: He has one of those. So stay hydrated. In, okay.
1: Yep. Uh condoms. Yep. Oh, He went
0: with, he went with, he could fuck everybody at the (laughs)
1: university. He's got so many condoms. Okay. That's good. Uh, And I would say like, if, if this was a question that we were putting out or, or we were asking a question and putting it out and, you know, uh, plan B, um, make sure that, you know, kids are going to be, kids are going to be fucking. And what you don't want is, uh, cooties. And you don't want accidental pregnancies. And especially now in the wake of Roe v. Wade being overturned. And not that I'm not saying like, oh, but abortion is an absolutely suitable uh, form of birth control. Because it, it's not. It is the last thing you want to do. Um, I think that they should be available. I think that women should have bodily autonomy. All of that. But... You just don't want to get to that. You don't want to have you don't want to get to that point. So uh,
0: agree completely. Yeah. Yeah. um,
1: Yeah. Yeah. And snacks, because after you're done fucking everybody at the university, you you want to eat some popcorn.
0: That sounds that uh, I mean, I think you've you've sort of nailed it. I'm curious what the listeners might come up with in advance of him going to school. He he had because of the social media, he had been in touch with his roommate And so they had been conferring a little bit. And then so Owen, uh, my son, and I were, pardon me, um, sort of brainstorming uh, things that he could say to his roommate in advance. Um, Like, um, dude, you don't have to bring lube. I've got tons. (laughs)
1: Uh, did they,
0: or or like I'm bringing bow and arrow. What are what weapons do you have?
1: (laughs) Nunchucks for sure. Yeah. Did they do like a, like a questionnaire, like trying to match him up with somebody who's, who's, you know, suitable or comparable or something like that?
0: Well, he's, he's in engineering. And I think, I think the people living near him are all engineering kids.
1: Okay. I thought they did that for for me, and I, I think I talked about my the roommate that I ended up getting stuck with, and I was like, "Well, did you just take my questionnaire and throw it in the fucking trash," because there was oh, yeah. nothing. Same, there same was, with mine. Yeah, it was it was Bob, and he drove the boss, and his girlfriend was Jodes, and he sucked.
0: <laughs> <laughs> he my fucking, roommate, my first roommate. So I was a freshman. I'm sorry, I'm interrupting you. No, nah, it's fine. My I was a freshman and I was like I wrote poetry in high school, right? I was that fucking kid. So I applied to live on the writer's corridor at the at the, you know, in the dorm. And so I'm like, all right, I'm a freshman and I'm a word dork. They're going to put me with freshman word dorks. My first roommate was a Taiwanese math major who was a senior and had lived in that room all four years. Wow. Nice guy. Nice guy, but we, and I, also, he snored like someone clapping two garage, uh, garage garbage can lids together. He was so fucking loud. I was like, I've arrived in hell.
1: That's incredible. I'd How, uh, okay, so I didn't think that you anyone was allowed to live in a dorm beyond freshman year. I don't know. It was the 80s. That's crazy. So you're basically you're moving into someone else's room. Yeah, you, it was a bad deal. I moved
0: out of there uh, pretty shortly and it wasn't. I'm going to repeat. Wayne uh, was a nice guy. Uh, we were just not compatible right as roommates i'm not uh, uh, despite being nice i'm not actually sure who wayne would have been compatible with
1: yeah that's it uh, that's, uh, yeah, that's that just sounds like a mistake bob dropped out moved to st Clementy, and then i had the room for the second semester by myself and uh did hum- he have w- hmm?
0: was he trying to get back closer to jodes
1: no Jode stayed in st louis he uh he met a dude from San Clemente and he like went they became friends and he went down there and he's like oh that's where all the hot chicks are hanging out (laughs) I was like "All right, well godspeed Bob Bob. he had had a twin brother Uh, they were Iranian actually so his name wasn't actually Bob his name was Bobak and his brother his brother's name was uh, uh, shit what was his brother's name Something that was not AJ, but he went with AJ because that, you know, they were like his parents were very Iranian and they and the and the boys were striving to be like, uh like cringingly, uh, you know, whatever American <laughs> Um, kind of turning their back on on their on their heritage, you know, uh like would not acknowledge that he was Iranian. It was it was a fucking weird scene.
0: I knew an Iranian kid uh, uh, when I was in college who was just a raging cokehead who was constantly trying to sell his stuff to you. Hey, do you want to buy all my CDs?
1: (laughs) (laughs) No. (laughs) There's another dude, though, uh, Farzad. He came from D.C., and he was the shit. He lives in Brooklyn now. He's, like, he's a... He was a photography and film major, and now he is like the photography for Art Basil or the photographer for Art Basil. And he goes to, you know, like uh, all of these fucking galleries and studios and museums, and he shoots everything for everybody. And I saw him when I, I went to Brooklyn for a visit, I don't know, however many years ago. Hung out with him, ate a bunch of pizza. He was the best. He had. He was a total soul side fanatic. Like that was his favorite (laughs) band. And he'd seen him, seen him a million times. He'd seen the bad brains. Like he'd seen all the DC bands. So as soon as like, you know, as soon as we saw each other, we're like, how the fuck did we not end up living together? Like we were super compatible. Um, but yeah, the other, but Bob, not so much.
0: I was hoping when you said Bob had a brother that his name was Rob.
1: No, that's what, that's what I was hoping it was Bob and Rob. It was like Ajahn or something like that, but you can't be called Ajahn. You got to be called a J. AJ. A.J. Jodes. I just, the boss. I, I just finished
0: a novel uh, by a Persian woman um, named called named Nagar Javadi. It's a book called Disoriental. Fantastic, fantastic novel written in French, translated to English. That is how we wrap up the thread on, uh, Persia, Iran, Persia, uh, Persian and, roommates, and Persian roommates and get back to wherever we were
1: going. <clears throat> okay. Uh, yeah, I think those, those are the things that I would, those are the things that I would put into a care package would be snacks, birth control, uh, gift certificates, you know, for like gross, a grocery store. Yeah. 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 Um, and, uh, you know, like a beanie baby, just for good measure.
0: Yep, yep, you yep. Know, just yep. Some,
1: some little plushy thing that they could like hold on to when they're if they're feeling homesick.
0: I mean he's he's eighteen. I feel like maybe if I send him a hacky sack, it's like <laughs> it's like universal make friends with hippies tool.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh maybe so. Yeah. I don't know, as other uh, listeners will probably have different will d- have different opinions or, or, yes, or uh, things to add.
0: I would love to hear it either in the comments on the post, robot at cyclingindependent.com. Don't expect an email back because Gmail doesn't let me email anybody. <laughs>
1: <laughs> You're going to have to change your handle. Yeah. Uh, let's get on with music pick of the week. Oh, yeah. You got one.
0: Uh, I got one. Mine is a band that I was aware of in the day and I sort of lost track of. But then Dr. Ray, the punk rock dentist, uh, who is tired of having his name said on our podcast, (laughs) uh, brought them back to my attention. They're called Ikara Colt. They're a British band. It's another one of those. Um, group of art school students who got together and made a band like if I had a shilling for every uh, English band that would met at art school I'd have three bob th- four pen I don't know <laughs> I'd have some British money uh, this so this song uh, this song this album B-Sides came out in 2010 um it's it's like wire and sonic youth fucked that's what it's like
1: dang uh no i don't believe i've heard of it there's always you always know, like coming with the obscure shit and i'm like oh if you listened to the first metallica record <laughs> i i just you know
0: i'm a dick that's my problem my problem is that if there's a an, uh, and i picked purple rain last week so oh yeah that's keep true. that in mind but if someone says to me, oh, you know what you should listen to is the first Metallica record. I'm like, fuck off. I'm never doing that. I'm going to look under a rock and see if there's two <laughs> bugs playing together in a little bug band. And then I'm going to pick that record because I'm a dick.
1: Oh, my tastes are so obscure. I like bands that haven't even swarmed yet. That's right. Come on. Oh,
0: this is just a band made of crickets
1: chirping. A little, a little and then a guy, guy hits
0: a garbage can lid and a lady screams. That's what I'm
1: into. <laughs> okay, what's the name again for, for uh, reference? Ikara
0: Colt. I K A R A Colt. Uh they broke up. Uh that all my favorite bands break up. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's necessary. They put out one seminal record and then and then disappear. That's that's how I like it. Fall back into obscurity. I trip sometimes. This one person and I were talking years ago, and she said, I think any music that w- is worth listening to it w- is, like, available. Like, a, 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 you hear it, or you can find it in a record store or something. I was like, that is absolutely not the fucking case. There are so many bands that could have changed the world that just played, you know, like, five shows Twenty years ago and you' That's never fact. you'll never hear about them you'll never hear them and she just couldn't she was couldn't wrap her mind around um the notion that there's a ton of amazing shit that you'll never hear
0: here's an example I, now I keep a list of records for music picks because my memory is terrible, and if I put it off till the time when I have to make the music pick, I will remember nothing. <clears throat> you turned me on to the Emirs. Oh, yeah. And their record, Trick Six. And your buddy, who was in the Emirs, whose name is escaping me in the moment, sent me a copy.
1: Yeah, he was, uh, oh shit. Um... God damn it. uh yeah, it it escapes me. He's I mean, I met him years and years ago. I think we've been in the same room like a couple of times, but we we catch up periodically on Facebook and stuff. He's a really good dude, and I also like drawing a blank on his name. It's like Griffin or or Mick Mick Griffin or uh, <laughs> I, I can't. Mick Muffin or <laughs> uh Fletcher
0: anyway,
1: that Fletcher, record, Fletcher.
0: Fletcher. That record is fucking great. Yeah. And I would pick it on this show, except it's not available anywhere.
1: You can find it periodically here and there and used bins and stuff. Uh, Fletcher Neely. Yeah. You know what I found out, too? So um, I saw them. They were they were a band called something else before they were the Amirs. And, um, at some point I was having some exchange with the guy who played bass in the band. And he's another dude that I just have randomly met on Facebook or social through social media. And he used to play bass in a band called brother rat, uh, who was like a kind of a, like a premier Denver punk band, like back in the fucking late Mm -hmm. eighties. Like, holy shit, man. Like this dude has been in stuff that was really pretty, valuable to me in you know growing up but i had i would have never made the connection between brother rat and and, <sighs> and the amirs uh, but yeah it, they were they were amazing i happened to st- i think my f- my friend amy actually dated fletcher for a little while and she said hey let's go see this dude's band and was i was immediately taken really good like high test rock and roll
0: yes but that's a good example of Yeah, you might be able to find that record in some used bins or at my house, but I don't want to like send people off on a goose chase. uh, And that is an absolutely worthwhile record.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And they, you know, they might have made a thousand copies or something. So definitely, you'd definitely find it something you'd be easier to track down on the front range. uh, On the
0: front range. Somewhere (laughs) in Colorado. I like it. I, the way you say that, it's like a, an errant steer that got away from some cattle drive. You
1: couldn't find it on the Western Slope, but you could find <laughs> it on the Front Range. They didn't. It didn't make it over the Continental Divide. No, no. Um, okay, I'm going to pick uh, this week. I'm going to pick the first Caius record uh, called the, uh, Blues for the Red Sun. Um, oh,
0: that is a good one.
1: I have long uh, adored this record. It came out in 1992 and... <laughs> I think in <clears throat> 1994. Well, so it was, I think it came out in 92, and I came across it shortly after it was released. And just randomly, like, I used to go pick up these CDs and bring them into the store that I worked at. And I would just, like, have, like, you know, like the music selection for the day or whatever. Cause the guy who owned the store I worked also worked at also owned a, the record store. And, um, and the, and the first time I heard it, I was like, this sounds dry and dusty and deserty." <laughs> and how? I didn't know anything about them. And then I come to find out that they grew up in Palm Desert. And they basically, it kind of was a super group. Because it's got uh, John Garcia was the singer and he was in a bunch of projects. Um, Josh Hami. Uh, who went on to being Queens of the Stone Age, uh, Nick Oliveri, who ended up going into the Dwarves, and then Mondo Generator, and Brant Bjork, who has done fucking everything. Like, that dude has touched every... He's been involved with everything. Um, but it's just, like, uh, so amazing that... Maybe if I'd never heard Soundgarden, or I'd never heard, you know, any of the bands from the Pacific Northwest... Or I didn't know anything about him, and I would, I would listen to him, and I'd say, like, ooh, that smells like a wet rainforest, or it sounds like a wet rainforest, or that sounds soggy. There's something about that music, it just sounds soggy. <laughs> you know, I, I didn't know anything about Caius, but, I, but they were able to convey the environment in which they grew up in sonically, Perfectly. I fucking, so I have had a problem with this record because I have owned it digitally in some way, shape or form. I've owned it since it came out. Um, and every time I've been at the record store, I look at it and (laughs) I think, oh, I should buy, no, I already own that. Like I already own that record. I'm not, I don't need to buy it again. And then I get home and I realize that I don't own it. And then I go back to the record store and I'm like, "Oh, I should get that." I don't want to get that. I already own that. And then I come home, <laughs> so I, finally, I.
0: bought that last time I was here. <laughs> <laughs> so,
1: and I do that, like I, I do buy records multiple times sometimes because I love the record so much and I want to own the physical, uh, out, you know vinyl copy of it. Um, and then I end up owning like you know, oh fuck, I own three copies of this record or th- four copies of that record. And this time I was in Ritual Records with Corey Blackwood, and as I was leaving, he said, "Don't forget to buy the first two Kais records." And I was like, oh, <laughs> that's right. I need to do that." <laughs> so I did, and I've I thought listening. he was
0: going to yell, "Don't forget to suck it!" Don't forget as forget he to walked suck
1: it. out. <laughs> uh, oh, I would guess maybe like I should bring this up. Not that anybody asked, but when I worked at Swobo V Two. Uh, my compatriot, Colin Cortman, he's a very funny guy. He would do, we always kind of talked each other off the ledge um, because it was it, it, ironic that I was maintaining a, a weblog called How to Avoid the Bummer Life when I was so fucking deep in the bummer life. Like, yep. it was easily my most challenging professional experience uh, working there. I It sucked. Okay. Like, I'm not going to fucking sugarcoat it. It was a total bummer. Um, but so Colin and I, we had a really good relationship and sometimes he would be like, I can't fucking take it anymore. I can't do this. This is fucking terrible. And I'd be like, no, we get, you know, we're all good. Like, so let's just get through this day. And then the next day I'd come in and I'd be like, I fucking hate it. And he'd be like, no, it's cool. We, you know, <laughs> we, so we had, I mean, he and I had a lot of fun together, but he would do a thing where he would you know, be getting off of the phone with a customer and, um, or, you know, the boss or whoever and then right before he'd would be like, "Okay, well, yeah, I'll talk to you later. I'll, I'll handle that." And then he'd go, "Oh, oh." And they'd say, "What?" And he'd say, "Don't forget to suck it." And then he'd hang the phone up. <laughs> and we always thought that <laughs> we always thought that was the funniest thing. So, uh, "Don't forget to suck it" became kind of a, you know, like, "Don't forget to be a good person." Yep. It's like that, but but better.
0: Don't forget to buy the first two Caius records.
1: Uh, there was another customer that I had this guy called and he said, Hey, I'd like to talk to somebody about getting an exchange. And I said, yeah, sure. What'd you get? And he's like, oh, I got some arm warmers and I want to exchange them. And I was like, Oh, do we have to call, do we have to call a veterinarian? And he's like, what? And I said, cause those pythons are sick. <laughs> and then he, and he's like, uh, uh, what? And I said, Oh, we got to call a plumber. <laughs> he's he's quiet and I said cause your pipes are ripped and he goes can I talk to somebody else <laughs> so, so I, get, I said yeah sure I put him on hold and I gave him the call and, and it turns out that he was wanting to exchange some mediums for some smalls <laughs> 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 so if that customer happens to be listening to this right now I'm sorry <laughs> uh
0: so guys just trying to get through his fucking day he's just
2: trying to get through his day
1: (laughs) ah fuck it just get just give me a refund i don't want to deal with you get you idiots anymore yeah uh so kaius blues for the red sun it's a banger everybody knows it because it's been out forever but it is i think it's just a stellar record i agree uh, so now that we've addressed all that, let's uh, get a word from our sponsor, and we will be right back.
2: We are brought to you by Shimano's new GRX 12-speed mechanical components. There are three 800 level groups to choose from, and for those on a tighter budget, Shimano has updated its 600 series cranks and shift levers for 1x12 and 2x12 setups that utilize trickle down technology from the original 800 series GRX component line. As if that's not enough, they've also got some fresh gravel wheels in the mix. The new RX880 wheel set is a full 64 grams lighter per pair than its predecessor and features the same shallow 32 millimeter rim height for faster acceleration and quicker climbing. The RX 880 wheels are tubeless ready and employ a progressive 25 millimeter inner rim width that's suitable for tires from 32 millimeters to 50 millimeters wide. Find them at (laughs) bike.shimano.com.
1: And we're back. Uh, now that we spent forever, or however long that I was talking about music, we're going to talk about music some more. Uh, one of the ways you can tell if you're not living your life right is that you've stopped going to see live performances. Today, we're going to talk about some of the best shows we've ever seen and also heard, and probably uh, the worst. If, if yeah. That, I mean, like, you know, it's like... A, it's like a what do they say? Like you just can't you can't get a. There's no such thing as a bad slice of pizza. Uh I guess that's not totally true. Not that's probably totally a bad, true. Bad slice of pizza. or Bad blowjob. But that's also that's true. I mean, you there is such a thing as a bad blowjob. Anyway, uh, like just <laughs> live music, seeing see, seeing people perform in in conjunction with one another is great. I don't even if it's not my cup of tea, like I love seeing people because I love, me, I love music. I love the science of turning uh, an, a, a, turning a, a movement into electronic data that then is amplified into the room. I just it's just amazing. I mean, that's something I don't like humanity, but I <laughs> love that we have we're responsible for this thing. We've come up through the ages. For generations and, and eons have made music and it's different culturally and it's different regionally, and music is a foundational part of being a person. And yeah. I think that's badass. So uh, I don't think there's such thing as bad bad music. I mean, there's not my cup there's music, there's live music that's not my cup of tea, but I think it's all compelling in one way or another.
0: I'm not sure how I feel about that. I mean, that is very generous. I think there's a band uh, uh, in this, on the spectrum of, of music. I think there is a narrow band, which is genuinely bad. And then actually when you push past it, sort of like the infrared version of, of badness, you get to like, so bad. It's good.
1: Well, like, I hate contemporary country. I wouldn't like. Yeah, that, that's bad. That, that fucking <laughs> douchebag that did that in the, in the, try that in a small town, whatever. Like, that shit is total crap. However, it's still someone putting these pieces together and, and very elementally. I'm not going to listen to it. I don't like it, but I don't, but I, but I still appreciate that, that people can collaborate and, and make something. Maybe Gosh, you're, just, being
0: re, you're being really nice.
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, this. there's like bad fucking art. There's a ton of bad art. Uh, uh, bad photography, bad music, bad all of it. Or or is it that it's not bad? It's just that I don't prefer it.
0: Yeah, I, I 100% hear what you're saying. And I'm going to not make any more comments because what you're saying is good.
1: Granted, it sounds not appealing to me, but that's, you know, what the stuff that I like is definitely not going to, that's not going to fire some other person up, you know? That's true. It's all matter perspective.
0: That's true. I am in love with and married to a person who gets, who hears these music picks every week and is like, what the fuck? (laughs) (laughs) Who would listen to that? She thinks.
2: Yeah. And then Some she
0: people. gives me a peck on the cheek and rolls over and goes to sleep.
1: We would. We do. yeah, We what do. Was your f- so first show, last show?
0: Yeah, first show,
1: last show. What was your first show?
0: My fir- I have a good first show that was terrible. Uh, my first show was The Replacements at the Sanger Theater in Pensacola, Florida. And I, I was so stoked to be going uh, for my first show to be The Replacements Etc. Etc. and they were so fucking hammered that my, like, teenage uh, heart was broken because they were horrible. Mm. It was one of the, uh, you know, like, they were Jekyll and Hyde, right? They could, like, tear the roof off a place, and then they could stink it out. Mm. They stunk it out.
1: But that's also kind of, I mean, you want to see them play, and you want to see them be good at what they're good at. But they were also incredibly good at d- fucking everything up. And so you're going to get one or the other.
0: Yeah, I, I think it's, it's sort of like type two fun, right? Like when I was there, I was like, this is heartbreaking and terrible. And then afterwards, I was like, oh, I saw the replacements suck. Yeah. They came out on stage. <clears throat> and the very first thing uh, that Westerberg did was take the microphone And as he took the microphone off the stand, roadies started rushing in from both sides because he (laughs) leaned back and he threw the mic over the lighting rig. And it did like a grappling hook, like where it like spun around the lighting rig. So the first three songs, there's no vocals at all. And there's roadies on the stage trying to pull Oh no. The, the mic down from the lighting rig and Westerberg is singing and laughing and just <laughs> playing the songs. Like the band just doesn't give a shit at all.
1: Uh, so I mean there there's a there's an element of frustration in this too because you you paid money, you know, like you if I, I would be I would be um, if I were a a performer and I knew that people paid money to, to see me do what I was generally known for, I would feel like I was ripping people off unless you're like, well, sometimes, you know, like you go to see the Melvins, are you going to go see metal Melvins or are you going to go see three and a half hours of feedback Melvins? Right. And buzz doesn't give a fuck, you know, like, He just does what he wants to do, but he's still, he's still coherent. You know, if you're just getting hammered and you're like, oh yeah, we're just going to go and fucking waste all these people's time. Like, I I guess there's, I guess I might be a little frustrated with that too. Type two fun is a good way to describe it though.
0: Yeah. And then the last show I saw was Red Fang and Teen Mortgage, uh, both of whom I love very much. I, I had discovered Teen Mortgage just in advance of going to see them. And there are a couple of young guys, um, who I don't know, but they make, they write infectious, infectiously fantastic songs. So that's, yeah.
1: and that was your pick. They were your pick. I don't know, three yeah. weeks ago or something like that. Yeah. Whenever that was. So that's first and last for me. What about you? Uh, first show. I mean, the first time I ever saw live music, I'm not going to say I the first time I ever saw live music. I was like, what the fuck? And I was Six. And my dad took me to a talent show at the high school and one of his students was in a band and they were playing Stairway to Heaven. And they all had like Peter, Peter Pan hats on. I remember like green hats with red feathers. That was their like gimmick or whatever. And I didn't, I'd never heard the song before cause I was a baby, but I was like, I want to know more about this. It was really super exciting. Like that was Mm -hmm. fucking red. My first rock, like live rock and roll. Um, but the first show I ever saw was in my little hometown. There's a Elks lodge above, uh, behind the Seven Eleven, and someone convinced them that it would be a good idea to have a punk show there. Mm -hmm. And, um, and a place kind of got taken apart <laughs> and they were like no never again but there were three band three local bands uh there were Senders Message uh Odiferous Toe Jabs <laughs> and uh Bellicose uh they were like the three local kind of like punk bands um And, you know, interestingly, like for as isolated as Colorado was and isolated as Denver was and isolated, especially as Evergreen was like the fact that we had three punk bands, you know, and there was like a punk rock radio show on uh, the college radio station on Saturday nights and there was Wax Tracks Records in downtown Denver. Like we had access to some pretty amazing stuff. And there was like a few venues and there was um, this guy, Tom headbanger who was doing a ton of local promotion. Uh, And if anyone is in Denver, Tom headbangers entire collection is at the Denver public library on the fifth floor. If you just go up and say, can I see the Tom headbanger collection? And it's like every flyer, you know, it's like the misfits came to Denver in 1983. He fucking did that show. Wow. He, he's a really interesting character, uh, who was indirectly hugely influential on me. And we have ended up connecting, uh, sort of virtually, uh, he did three lectures, I think three speaking dates. Like he did a bunch of shit with psychic TV and he was, you know, influential with that and crash worship and the, we, and we never sleep. And, um, and then he did a ton of shit like with punk rock. And um uh yeah, he donated all of his stuff. Like his day planners has like Ian McKay's phone number in it and like dates and numbers and names and people, and you can just sit there and leaf through everything. Like it's it's a it's a really cool and rich piece of of Denver's sort of outsider music history. But you know, considering that we were kind of a cultural island that all of this cool stuff existed and it, and it developed t- totally organically. I feel really lucky to have been a part of that. Anyway, that was a lot of fucking nonsense information. So Bellicose, Sender's Message, and Odiferous Toe Jabs. And the last show I saw was The Bronx just like two weeks ago.
0: Right. The whole reason we're doing this episode is because you loved that show so much.
1: It was a lot of fun all yeah, right was, good
0: story anyway
1: <laughs> <laughs> it was a lot of fun uh the bron- he's just uh, uh the the singer is just like consummate front person gets everybody yeah. all whipped into a frenzy and everybody who's in a great mood and the band loves what they do and and they're happy and that rubs off on the people and the people are happy and that rubs off on the band it was a gas
0: I saw them last year in a fairly large venue. They were opening for Frank
1: Turner. I don't know what that is.
0: He's a person uh, who makes nice songs. I don't love him or hate him. He's fine. Uh, He's fairly popular. And so we went and the Bronx was one of the openers. And they came out on stage and the dude goes... Hey, fuck you, Boston.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Perfect. Yeah. Uh, They're opening. They're going on tour. They're going to Australia and New Zealand. They're playing with 68. (gasps) My God, what a fucking bill. (sighs) Yeah, Bronx and 60. I would lose my goddamn mind. Why don't shows like that happen here? I see, you know, like, what I see, Rocket from the Crypt, the Bronx, and... The refused, I think, played a bill at one point. I'm just like, God, come on. Like, you know, like I'm all for, I'm all for like sort of obscure opening bands and stuff, but like I've never been, I don't think I've ever seen a show where I was wholly enthralled, you know, like absolutely loved every single band on the bill. Like I could see the opening band and go home and be stoked. I could be this, I could see the second band, go home and be stoked. I'd see the headliner go home and be stoked, but to see three bands that are just like my favorites, it it it's never happened.
0: It's like when you were a kid and um, like Scooby Doo showed up on Batman. You're like, what? what? Yeah
1: what yeah or <laughs> Batman well yeah Batman they would have the all star you know like the Batman or the Harlem Globetrotters or something right, right. <laughs> Harlem Globetrotters
0: on Scooby
1: Doo oh what? man I would be I would, I would just I would shit myself well, I don't think uh, I would be so sore cause I like those three bands like all I wanna do is move you know I don't know if I could do that for three hours Yeah, that's tough. I don't know. I danced my ass off at the Bronx show. And it was funny because I was shooting photos too. So I'm in the pit. I'm not like, I don't, you know, I'm not like, I'm just skanking. Like I'm dancing in place. Like that's how I do. I'd fucking dance in place, but I'm dancing in place, like on the edge of the pit. So I'm going to, I'm getting knocked around, but I was just like swaying. I get hit. I'd be like, catch myself and then get pushed this way. And I was like, Oh, I still got like my equilibrium I got like my sea legs, my pit legs. I got my pit legs. It's like, I didn't go down. I just know, like, I just know how to move and I got some okay photos. There was a smoke machine. So the flash reflects off the, all the stuff in the air and that makes it kind of not, it's not my favorite style of photography. But I just think about like Charles Peterson, the guy who shot all the, all the sub pop photos. Like that dude was like, he was, we had like a, you know, like a 35 millimeter camera. Like he had a big camera and a flash. He was was like two hands in the air, taking all these amazing photos in the pit. Like that dude has got, talk about, talk about pit legs. He had them.
0: Well, what we're going to talk about next is best show, loudest show, worst show. Mm. And you talk about lineups. One of my best shows I saw 68 open for whores.
1: Yeah. Yeah. See two great bands.
0: What? Uh, Yeah. Yes.
1: I want to see, I want to see a show like that. I saw seaweed
0: open for quicksand.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That would be, that would be a real good one. Uh, is that so 68 and whores? That's your best. That's the best show.
0: No, I don't know what my best, best show is really hard. Yep. Um, that seaweed quicksand show back in ninety two, maybe three. I don't remember. Uh, that was also the loudest show I ever saw. But what I mean, I saw back way back then I saw, um, I saw Sonic Youth one time right after uh Goo Was that the Goo album came out or Dirty Boots?
1: Dirty Boots was on Goo.
0: Okay, Goo. I it think? was on that tour I saw them. That was a really and I'm not a huge Sonic Youth fan, uh but they put on a good show. Uh I've seen Bob Mould s- so many times, but like on the Black Sheets of Rain tour, he destroyed
1: my brain. I always like, it's like that book, high fidelity. I don't know if they did it in the book, but in the movie adaptation, they, they rated everything. They did top 10, everything, top five, everything. This is, I love, I love top, top five stuff. Cause it really gets you like chat, you know, like taking walk down all kinds of different memory lanes.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, I would say probably best show is the first time I saw the Bronx. Uh oh. two thousand, two thousand fifteen, fourteen. Blew wow. my mind. Like the that's it, that's
0: pretty late for a great greatest show ever.
1: It was it was easily but it was also like I'd been seeing bands for so long that I didn't think I wasn't sure if I wasn't just sort of jaded. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Um but they were they were incredible. Uh uh, I saw Rocket from the Crypt played a free show on the Berkeley campus on this little riser. Like basically they were like a foot above the ground.
0: All standing on one five gallon bucket.
1: Yeah, and and uh and nobody I mean it was probably like forty of us there. And then they sold out the Fillmore with the Murder City Devils the next night. So that was <laughs> it was pretty that was pretty neat to see them. Um, in that type of capacity,
2: uh,
0: I saw uncle Tupelo at a little bar in Cambridge called TT the bears place that doesn't exist anymore, but was a great place to see shows. I saw, um, Nova mob, which was Grant Hart's post to oh yeah. He That was a great show. That same place.
1: Oh, top five mud honey. I saw mud honey in the head coats in like 19, 19- 90. That was that was super fun. There was a girl, I think it was uh Touch Me I'm Sick. They started playing Touch Me I'm sick. No, Here Comes Sickness. Uh they started playing Here Comes Sickness and there was a girl standing in front of me and she had braids with little beads on the end of her hair and she started dancing super vigorously and then I it was like I was being beat with (laughs) a cat with a cat oh nine tails. Like I got I got walloped so badly by this chick's hair. Um oh the first time I saw the helicopters Jesus mm-hmm. Christ, that was fucking insane! Uh, also, at the Independent in San Francisco, uh, it was the Kennel Club. Then it was the Justice League. Then it was the Independent. Um, saw Urge Overkill. The Urge Over the time I saw Urge Overkill there, and that was like ninety one or ninety two. That was super fucking incredible. Uh, Dirt Bombs. I saw the Dirt Bombs there. I love the Dirt Bombs. That would probably be one in my top five. Um. Steve, let, let,
0: listeners, uh, let's just note that Steve was now named eight things that would be in his top five.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna okay, okay, top. Jeez, uh, it'll okay, it'll come to me. But definitely that the Bronx show in 2014, 2015, that was the best. That was, I think, that was the best. Oh, I saw, I saw uh, Turbo Negro at the Great American Music Hall right after they had come back together, like. Apocalypse Dudes came out and then they disappeared for four years and then they got back together and played a show that was for it was fucking weird it was like a showcase for Scandinavian Levi's employees (laughs) and somehow I ended up getting a ticket and it was it was (laughs) like peak it was fucking peak Turbo Negro like they it was it was insane and I was so excited I think I've talked about this I didn't want to eat anything that day I think I ate really light and like ate a salad because I didn't want to risk getting food poisoning (laughs) Uh (laughs) so uh, yeah that show is super fucking fun Uh, and they hadn't gotten blown up on like jackass or anything like it was a really small show uh, that nobody knew about you know like a secret show for Scandinavians and me
0: loudest show
1: uh... God, I saw... Uh, th- was it the Fluid? No. No, it was the Jesus Lizard uh-huh. open for Nirvana open for Dinosaur Jr. And I was there for Jesus Lizard. Oh, fuck! In the Jesus Lizard. Like, every time I've seen the Jesus Lizard, those are also the best shows. God damn it. Um, that
0: is now 12 best... F- uh, 12 top 5 <laughs> shows.
1: Uh... As soon as Dinosaur Jr. started, I remember I was standing out in the, like outside of the hall. Like there was like a little lobby and then there was the place where they played. And I remember Chris Novel Selleck came running out, like hunched over, like with his hands over his ears. Um, And Dinosaur Jr. was too loud. Like it was, even with earplugs and my eardrums were like glitching. It was Uh fucked. It was uncomfortably loud. Yeah. So easily, that was the loudest.
0: Mine was that quicksand seaweed show. Seaweed was fine. They were loud. but They were fine. And then quicksand came on, and they're a lot bass heavier. And yeah. I remember right when they started, I forget whether they played phaser or head to wall. I forget what's what the opening song was, but it, it had like a physical force yeah. that like pushed... And I feel like the the club had a low ceiling, so it was just like it's almost like the music was pushing us out the door physically. Uh-huh. That was loud. And then uh, Bob Mould on Black Sheets of Rain. We were sitting really close to the front, right in front of, uh, right in front of the speakers, his guitar speakers, and that was pretty like what? Oh, and Sonic Youth was predictably loud.
1: Yeah, helmet saw helmet on the. Meantime, I think the Meantime tour, whatever their first record, saw them on that tour. They played with yeah. Tad. That was a that was a really fun show, uh, yeah. but that was ridiculously uh, oppressively loud as well. When did you start wearing earplugs to see live music?
0: I'm I'm actually a little bit. I I started wearing earplugs pretty late, like in the last five years and then i oh, don't God. always even now i don't always wear them because it just doesn't sound as good to me
1: mm. i uh gene overpriller has tinnitus like he just yeah. has his constant yeah. ringing, so he can't even listen to like loud music in a car like he's he's fucked he fucked himself and i think the idea of like not being able to my hear i don't know you know would you rather lose your sight or would you rather lose your hearing um right. definitely would rather lose my hearing but i if I it's can a shitty have,
0: question because I'm currently losing both. But go on.
1: If I could, uh, if I can do anything to stem the the hearing loss, I'm I'm gonna do it, and I don't mind. I don't mind earplugs. I think I've been I was probably doing that um, in the late 90s. I think I started wow. wearing earplugs in the late 90s because the ringing the next day is fucked.
0: I don't. Um, it doesn't. It doesn't bother me too bad. Maybe I'm just already going deaf. We used to when I was last time I was in a band, we uh, instead of renting a rehearsal, a full rehearsal room, we rented a drum room. <laughs> we, but, the, you know, when the scumbag that runs the rehearsal complex says this room is too small to rent to a full band. <laughs> so, and I had a Marshall half stack. That I played through, so we're all jammed in there. Like, there's really not room to, like, move around while you play. (laughs) Yeah, I think I fucked myself in that room. But, yeah, sometimes I I try to wear earplugs, but I I will do a test. Like, if it's, if the sound is good, sometimes I'll wear one earplug. I know that sounds crazy, but...
1: There's uh, there's other ones that you, like, not just the ones you squeeze and stick in your ears, um, but there are ones that are, they're super expensive, and they actually let in, like, all of the frequencies, but just at a lower volume. So they, music sounds the same, it's just not as d- damaging. I um, should
0: get, I should invest the money, because
1: yeah. I'm there's, already... Um, I've had those for a while and I like them pretty
2: well. What's the worst show you've seen? Um, it wasn't, it wasn't
1: bad. It just wasn't, I think I, my expectations were too high or maybe I just wasn't in the mindset or whatever, but I saw big business and I love big business and they were great. They sounded great. They played great. I just I don't know what it was. I was just just I think it, it had to have been me cuz they were they were fucking they rule. Uh and I love two-piece bands, you know? And I love uh, all the records. But I was think, just kind of like, mm.
0: Yeah. So I saw uh, probably that replacement show uh was the worst in in like absolute terms. Mm-hmm. Uh like s- they sounded terrible. It was just dumb. It was just us watching a bunch of drunks. Whatever. So that was probably the worst show. But I in my when I'm not listening to loud, chaotic music, I do enjoy a band like Built to Spill, for example. Mm -hmm. And I saw Doug March from Built to Spill solo. And what I learned about Doug March is that he doesn't do stage presence. Like he didn't speak. So when he was playing like the music sounded good and I enjoyed it. But when he wasn't playing, there was no interaction with the audience at all. And at one point during the show, one of the tuners on the guitar he was playing broke and he spent like 10 or 15 minutes with like a Phillips head screwdriver and like wandering (laughs) around and like trying to fix it during which time. He said nothing. Weird. There was no jokey cover banter or whatever, and I was like, "It's like I love this music. I do really enjoy it, but it, it's this is terrible as an entertainment."
2: Yeah.
1: Uh, where he, was everybody? Just kind of like side yeah. eyeing each other, like, "What the fuck, this performance?"
0: Everybody was confused. Everybody. Well, at first you thought, like, maybe this is a joke because he, like, puts the guitar down and left to the stage to find some tools. <laughs> and everyone's looking around like, was that it? Yeah. Like, w- <laughs> what? <laughs> what is what's happening right now? Is he fucking with us? And then he sort of came back but didn't say anything and started like. It was very, then he had to like tune and that took an extra long time because, and then he just started playing songs again. And we were like, okay, Doug. Uh
1: that leads me to believe that maybe he was, didn't really want to be there or maybe This I is think, how his personality is.
0: I think that's just how his personality is. I think he's like, I'm going to play songs. They're great songs. And you're just, this is how it is. Um and maybe like in I it wasn't it was just him, so maybe when he's in built a spill, the other people uh bring something uh to fill in the gaps.
1: Some some magnetism.
0: Yeah, some something
1: perhaps. Uh I'm trying to think I've never seen it, I've never seen a band that I was just like standing there like aghast, like what the fuck is this? You know, unless it's like just a band that doesn't I don't know, again, like like I, like I said before, like to see to see someone perform, to see some uh, musicians like collaborate on this thing to make all of their instruments sound away together, um, even when it's I guess even when it's been bad, I' still like find something to appreciate about it. I don't think I've ever walked... I've never walked out of a show. Like, it's never been so bad. And I've seen stuff that was kind of uninspiring or uninspired. But I don't think I've ever seen anything where I was just like, fuck this. And... "Mm, No, that's not true. That's not true. I went to see Unsane in this little place. And what's weird is I know people who know them and I've heard they're all super, super cool guys. But there was there was some like kind of high grade racist rants. What? And I was like, yeah, fuck this. And everybody bailed. Huh. Yeah, it was weird. I don't remember what he said, but I remember just like, well, oh, fuck, fuck you, dude. And I've talked to people. I talked to I have two very good friends who are like super good friends with Chris. What's his face? And they were like, that's the weirdest shit I've ever heard in my life. That is, it would be like, oh yeah, robot's a pretty good guy, but he, he went on this racist tirade. Like, you, you, people know the cut of this dude's jib. And everyone I've ever said, like, this was a kind of off putting. They're just dumbfounded and mortified and don't understand. Mm. And nobody ever, you know, I never read anything about it. I never read a re- show review or whatever, but I think that's the only show I ever bailed from because I just was like, man, this, I don't need this. And I didn't even know that this was a part of the fucking makeup of these guys. Right. That and is very odd. It was I super saw, weird.
0: I saw a band that opened for, we went to see idols last year and idols had an, an experimental hip hop, uh, duo as their opener. And I don't want to say that it was bad because it's very possible that they put out exactly what they intended to and that that's enjoyable to some people. But it was like a it was like an audio visual assault. It it hurt like it several times. I'm like, I had to like shield my eyes and kind of my ears <laughs> because what they were doing. And at the beginning I was like, Oh, this is harsh as fuck. And I'm kind of into it. But after, after 20 minutes or so, I was like, this is physically fatiguing me to participate. Uh, And I didn't walk out. I experienced the whole thing. I think it falls firmly into the, not my cup of tea category. Yeah. I tried real hard. I really applied. I opened my mind as wide as it would go. And I was like, see what they're doing, feel it, like, get, uh, 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 but I didn't. I'm, I'm sorry to say that I couldn't get there.
1: Uh, to, to have, like, a physical reaction to or to feel physically exhausted. Uh, I've seen neurosis <laughs> several times, and I love, I love them, but they are fucking exhausting. Yeah. You want to talk about oppressive music? yep like i'm bare like they it's not toe tapping fucking head banging uh shake your ass kind of it's it is it's like being buried under a thousand wet blankets like it just it's just crushing it's music Um,
0: for people who hate music (laughs)
1: uh so i would i wouldn't say that they're they're bad shows but it's that just reminded me like you go to see neurosis and you're, you're in for a fucking sad time, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, in that's, real time. but that's, well, that's what your, they do.
0: That's your uh, DJ set closer, isn't it? <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah. That's the conversation. Like anytime I DJ, that last song I play is this, is this one track off of an album. I can't remember the name of right now, but it's like uh, that, that was uh, the conversation ender. Like, like you said, ah, oh, there's only, uh, four, uh, Bengal tiger tigers left in the wild. And then you that's like right, skip yeah. out of a conversation to leave everybody like, Oh,
0: bummed out. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That was, it mine. over. So let's say they, uh, let's say to what you rather we're closing it. Oh, we're, we're past an hour, but, uh, would you rather know the very worst thing about your parents' sex life or find out that you were secretly related to Hitler? Um, I'm going, I'm going with my parents' sex life. And I hope that it's great. And I hope they're total freaks, you know, or whatever. Is If they're happy, I'm happy. And I'm, I wouldn't be psyched to know about it, but I'm psyched to know that it's, you know, they still get weird.
0: I mean, there's some stuff. There's some stuff that's possible that you just wouldn't want to know, right? You no,
1: know, it's true, but I don't want to. I, <laughs> I, would I mean, rather... if you were
0: secretly related to Hitler, it would be a big bummer to find that out. Uh-huh. But in your heart, you're not a fascist. You're not, you're not Hitler. I mean, someone is related to Hitler.
2: It
1: doesn't mean they're bad people, because Hitler was bad people. I get, was he an only child? Uh,
0: Possibly. But he still must have, you know second cousins somewhere someone is related to that guy right
1: i guess i definitely
0: don't want that you don't want that association but in your heart you're still like the person that you are
1: yeah i don't know either
0: way that that would be walking around with knowledge
1: that's heavy i would feel physically tainted I would feel physically like like I, there's a part of me that I can't extract, and I don't like I don't like it. And I and yeah, if it was if it was if it was something weird about about my parents, then I'd just be like, well, that's just a little bit more knowledge that <laughs> I don't need, you know. And I would probably eventually forget about it because my memory is just getting worse and worse as every day goes by. But if I knew that I had. A piece of me physically that was tied to that much suffering I mean I believe in generational trauma I believe in all of that and I just don't I feel like it would be overbearing and inescapable and I I wouldn't want anything to do with that cause fuck that guy
0: and then every time you shaved your top lip it would remind you and you'd be like god damn it
1: Fuck that guy. Fuck the atrocities that he was responsible for. Fuck the people who it's it's fuck it all. Like, I know I want nothing to do with that. I'll take my parents' sex life all day long. No matter how weird it is.
0: I'm with you. I'm with you. We're going to agree on it this week. Uh, No Hitler for us. (laughs) 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 That feels like safe territory for a podcast, right?
1: Ah, Well, we talked
0: about it. We're still anti Hitler.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It's a good one to close out on. (laughs) Okay, uh, yabba dabba doo. That's another episode of Revolting in the Old Wazoo. Help us make a dime by subscribing to the Cycling Independent or by dropping a few bucks in the tip jar in the TCI store. It's so on behalf of the Cycling Independent and Revolting Podcast. I'm Steve i I'm Robot. Don't forget to suck it. <laughs>